Hey, Scott. Uh, just wondering if you are already in Minnesota or if you're traveling right now. Yeah, I just crossed uh, the border about 15 minutes ago, and it's <laughs> a balmy 17 degrees, and the winds are pretty heavy out of the west. So a beautiful day in the state of Minnesota where the state birds will not be out today. No mosquitoes. <laughs> Iowa and Minnesota co-leaders two of the four in the big 10 west what does weather like that mean to each of those teams we know what iowa's defense can be like uh, in good weather uh, i would think that the kind of weather you're going to get is not going to help the offenses <laughs> well you know minnesota has a tremendous running game with mo yeah. ibrahim yeah and he's already had 18 straight 100-yard games. They, they, right. They've got a big offensive line. So I, I think it's going to kind of neutralize what they do. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it shouldn't be much of a difference, I don't think, for hot versus cold. But uh, Iowa's defense travels well. It'll be fine uh, going to Minnesota, just like it was fine when it was warm over Labor Day weekend. Um, you know, and, and for Iowa's offense, you know, last weekend was a rough weekend. Weather-wise, too, not quite as cold. But I think right. overall, one, one positive you have with Spencer Petras is his arm strength is is as good as there is. So he can cut through any kind of wind or, or cold weather. It's just a matter of can his receivers get open and can he be accurate with that throw, you know, the other parts of the game. So uh, I think overall that uh, the weather would impact a lot of teams, but I don't think it will impact these two teams in particular. Well, I, I've heard a lot of conversation about how this might shake out, and I figured if anyone knows how tiebreakers would work, it would be Scott Docterman. Uh, what happens if uh, Illinois, Purdue, and Iowa went out? Then it, uh, I believe it's Illinois that wins the, the okay. division just based on uh, then you'd look at some of the uh, crossover games and obviously they all three played each other and beat each other so right. then it would come down to illinois i think beating michigan would top them over iowa in the tiebreaker process okay what if illinois purdue and minnesota went out then that would be the the mighty boilermakers because they beat both of those two teams head to head so they would win that that tiebreaker all right, now in the land of the more likely, and that would be <laughs> Illinois losing uh, at Michigan. What if it's just a Purdue and Iowa tie atop? Does that go yeah. to the Hawkeyes? Yeah, that goes to the Hawkeyes with their 24-3 to win in West Lafayette two weeks ago. So that's probably the most likely of the scenarios today. Yeah. But uh, as, as we know, tomorrow it could be completely different by, based on one happens on the field and if purdue wins twice and minnesota is there then it goes back to purdue right so that is because correct. they will have won the head-to-head matchup uh okay so so that tells us a little bit more uh what do you think the chances are that all these teams could lose hard to imagine purdue losing at this point Right. I, I think Purdue is probably the most likely to go 2-0, and like 
where you would bet on that scenario. I mean, playing mm-hmm. Northwestern and Indiana, the two worst teams in the conference back-to-back. Uh, Purdue has been a good team and a consistent team. I think that they're pretty likely. You, you could see a scenario where they would lose one of those games, but I just I, I think overall they're better. Uh, you know, I would say Illinois is probably the most unlikely just simply because playing Michigan. You know, Michigan and Illinois are comparable in style, but Michigan's got better personnel. So I don't think that's, you know, it might be close. It might be a hard-fought game, but I I think the Wolverines are just better, period. Um, And then probably the most likely scenario, if you were to ask me, is for Iowa to go ahead and and win out. Uh, They beat Minnesota and Nebraska every year since 2014. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be a close, hard-fought game tomorrow in, in Minneapolis. But, uh, I, you know, and, and then I think if you look at it realistically, Illinois is probably going to lose to Michigan. And, and so you might be seeing Iowa and Indianapolis, a scenario nobody would have expected a few weeks ago and probably <laughs> very few people watching it will want either. Well, I'm going to give Purdue a couple of wins here just in the hypotheticals. Uh, I think that they have a, a good chance, let's say, better than 50% chance to win those next two. And I think Illinois definitely has more than a 50% chance to lose at Michigan. Now, we know that Iowa and Minnesota, one of them, is going to have to get a loss uh, tomorrow. So now you come back to the possibility that the winner of that game, Scott, could lose the last game. And what are the matchups for the Hawkeyes and Gophers? The Hawkeyes play the Cornhuskers at home on Black Friday. Okay. And uh, and then Minnesota has to go to Madison, which will be a okay. challenge for them. It is every year it's a challenge. I mean, they won last year, but uh, usually. Uh, and I don't, I don't see the Badgers just surrendering and saying, yeah, I go ahead and take yeah. it. The axe, uh, you know, for another year because they lost the Heartland Trophy last week, and that was painful enough. Right. So I think there's a lot, there are some, you know, it's not far fetched to expect that either the, the winner of this game on Saturday yeah. goes and loses next week. I mean, I think Iowa's a better team than Nebraska. You don't know what you're going to get with Nebraska, right. but they might flex their rivalry muscles and say, you know what, we're, we're going to, we don't have a coach. We, have, have had a terrible year, but here we are. Uh, we're we're going to at least take something from you and, and give you some pain. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, hey, that, that's how rivalries really start organically. Scott, I think one of the most likely scenarios, I'm not saying I would bet it, but I think there's a real chance that Purdue wins out, Illinois loses at Michigan, Minnesota wins at home tomorrow, uh, against Iowa, and then Wisconsin at home beats Minnesota, and now you don't have to worry about tiebreakers because Purdue at six and three in Big Ten play is all alone atop the West. That's very likely, Jack. I think you look at Purdue and and playing Northwestern in Indiana. That's the one that you feel the best about the scenario wise. And uh, if that happens, you know, I I think, first of all, it would be neat in Indianapolis. You'd have a different team there than you've ever had before. It's from that state. 
and it's a different style, which could make it for maybe, let's say, a more entertaining product just because they can air it out and it's in a climate-controlled environment. Um, Whereas, you know, if if it's Iowa or even Minnesota or Illinois, you've got kind of grounded out styles of football that, um, you know, maybe is not visually appealing, let's say, as maybe Purdue could be on a good day. Scott, I was going back through some preseason prognostications, and I don't get this stuff right very often, but uh, this wasn't really preseason. This was after Indiana had beaten Illinois. So I had no idea Illinois was going to be any good. But I said that the West winner would not be Wisconsin. And I liked the winner of the Purdue-Minnesota game. I thought they were the two teams, but whichever team won that game uh, would be representing the West. Turns out that was Purdue, and it is uh, fairly likely that those two teams could tie, but Purdue's win in Minneapolis would send them to Indy. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's a scenario that could take place depending on what happens between the Hawkeyes and Gophers tomorrow. And uh, and that was an interesting game. Uh, you know, you had uh, an injury. I think that was the yep. one game Bo Ibrahim missed, right. and uh, that this year. And, and as That's we know, right. he's rushed for a hundred yards since you know uh, last fifteen years. It feels like. And yep. uh, and then they also threw an interception that bounced off the receiver's hand That's in right. the end zone. So it was a very close, competitive, hard-fought game. And if Minnesota, you know, I mean, I know the if game, but, you know, had, had Bo Ibrahim play, I would have felt like it had a chance to maybe swing the other way. So, yeah, that, that definitely could, have, could be one of the more pivotal games in the West Division. I do think that tomorrow's between uh, these ancient rivals uh, from Minnesota <laughs> and Iowa – Will be uh, will be just as pivotal in the long run too. I think Floyd might be cold, right? Floyd of Rosedale. Yeah, he's That's been living even cold the, for him. <laughs> he's been living south for the winter for since 2015. Now, since they won it, 15, and <laughs> then seven straight years. So he doesn't know what this kind of cold is, uh, you know, here in in Minnesota. Uh, so no, I mean it's, it is kind of funny that Iowa moved into its football building in 2015 and right. uh, it's not new anymore but uh floyd has never left it other than you know once once every couple of years to to come up to minneapolis for the day you know a day trip you know right right <laughs> but it is an iconic <laughs> trophy you know we're talking with scott Docterman from the athletic uh scott i want to turn our attention to the east and uh, really doesn't matter in terms of the division championship and maybe the Big Ten championship. If Illinois does beat Michigan, can't imagine them beating them twice in the span of 15 days, but uh, if they do that, the Wolverines would still go to Indianapolis with a win in Columbus, something they haven't done in, it'll have been 22 years and eight days. And Ohio State could lose at Maryland, something that they almost did a couple years ago the incomplete pass from from you to your door uh and uh somehow ohio state skanked out a win in that one but if maryland wins that doesn't matter either because if the buckeyes take care of business at home against michigan they will represent the east maybe it matters in terms of ohio state making the playoff as a one-loss team with a late loss to maryland but in terms of 
playing in Lucas Oil Stadium, it all comes down to November 26th in the shoe. And who do you like to win that game? You have seen both those teams. Yeah, that's, it's kind of strange because what I thought was Michigan was more consistent, whereas Ohio State had more potential and a higher ceiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it was a strange, both of well, the Michigan-Iowa game was pretty straightforward. I thought Michigan's offensive line was the only offensive line to really, uh, I don't know if dominate's the right word, but really get the best of Iowa's defensive line this year. I thought it did a nice job running the ball, and Blake Corum is the best running back I've seen this year, and that's saying a lot because I've seen some really good ones. Uh, But I I also think that Ohio State has such an explosive uh, ability to score and to score when it wants to that that's really going to be hard for, for Michigan to slow down. I don't think they have. Right. Well, I know they don't have uh, Aiden Hutchinson or David Ojabo the way they did last year that really yeah. collapsed it. So I guess I would probably lean a little bit more towards Ohio State, especially being at home. But I think yeah. when you look at the importance of this week's game, uh, these games, to, you know, the Illinois and Maryland games to these two teams, is you also have to keep your eye on the big picture, which is, yeah. The loser of the Ohio State-Michigan game isn't necessarily out of the 14 playoff. That if yeah. it's a close competitive game and, say, Tennessee stumbles or doesn't play well in the next couple of weeks, and mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a chance that the, that the loser could still get in. Mm-hmm. So I think that you want style points. You want right. to look good doing it. And because the, the Big Ten is, you know, the Big Ten West hasn't held up its end of the bargain this year. I think yeah. you kind of need it uh, because it's going to come down to whose resume is the best. And it's, yeah. uh, and, and I think for both of those two teams, it's about winning the East and then getting to the playoff, less so than winning the East and winning the Big Ten title because that's seen as a formality, however scary yeah. that proposition yeah. could be. Well, I think the loser of that game is going to be like Tennessee. It's going to be a one-loss team that doesn't get into a conference championship game, and then it just has to pray that other things happen. And I think your scenario works better for Ohio State, uh, having played Notre Dame, than it does for Michigan with that woeful schedule. I mean, other than uh, Penn State, it's hard to find a, a real quality team that uh, Michigan has played. And with that non-conference schedule, and that's brought up every week, uh, the CFP uh, conference with Boo Corrigan. I don't think he's had a presentation yet where he hasn't mentioned Michigan's schedule. So I, I think it'd be very difficult for Michigan, unless they lose an overtime game or a one-point game, something like that, then, then maybe you're right. But as far as winning in Indianapolis and advancing, what percent chance would you give the West Survivor, whichever team that is, against the Michigan Ohio State winner? Probably about a five percent chance, Jack. I, I think, <laughs> and, and and that's just basically it would it would take a game. Yeah. To remember, um, I've seen some crazy scenarios. I mean, the one that always stands out for me was when nine and three Kansas State played number one and undefeated Oklahoma in two thousand three. In right. uh, Kansas City, and Kansas State went out and killed them. It was thirty-five to seven, and Oklahoma was seen yeah. as one of the greatest teams of all time—not just a good team, but yeah. and they still got to the BCS title game and lost that too to LSU. But 
but but it was just such a shocker. And so I, I'm kind of to that point now where I don't get shocked very easily. But I, I you know, the scenarios to me, I, I think it would be Purdue would have to win some sort of a shootout, and it, they don't have the the defensive players that can enable to do it like a George Karloftis like it did last year. Mm-hmm. They don't have that. And I think if Iowa was the case, Iowa would have to really generate a lot of uh, turnovers on defense, you yeah. know, stacks. But it doesn't have the offense to keep up. And, and that's just the, kind of the problem these teams have. That there's nobody that's really balanced enough that could beat one of those teams, I don't think. Now, I think if Iowa played Michigan again, yeah. if it forced some turnovers, I think there's a chance. Uh, Ohio State would be more problematic because they're so explosive, and Iowa doesn't have like when the last time it beat Ohio State they had Noah Fant, T.J. Hawkinson, and Tristan Wirfs, and you know on the offensive line, you know they had like three NFL starters right. on the offensive line, so they're they were a good offense. They just didn't show it all the time. So I, I would say the West does yeah. not it has a very low chance of winning that. Hey Scott, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Enjoy your weekend. We will be right back with Hour 2, coming up on The Drive with Jack.